0: So music plays a very important role in our lives as a form of expression and creativity, and also as a way of bringing communities together. So today I'm sitting down with Dr. Alana Blackburn from the University of New England to discuss her research into the importance of music to communities and its value. She'll be giving a talk on this subject on the 27th of July at the Joan as part of the Creative Conversations series. So just to get started, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your musical background?
1: Yep, yeah, sure. Thanks, Ash and Tune FM for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm. I actually grew up in Armidale, and um, I went to school there. And then when I finished school, I went to study at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music, and my instrument was the recorder. So um, I did a bachelor's and a master's at the Sydney Conservatorium, and then after that, I went and studied in Amsterdam for a while and did an advanced degree there, um, all on recorder performance. So professional recorder player. I've you know traveled some parts of the world playing, um, and um, but, and I also I also teach recorder in as well as my my job as senior lecturer in music. Um, at the University of New England. And, um, yeah, so I still have a pretty active career um, playing in various ensembles, doing my own solo projects, both in early music and contemporary music, some experimental improvisation. And um, it's a, a really good opportunity, especially as a recorder player, to play with different instruments, different groups, different people from a variety of different backgrounds. And so I really enjoy that. So part of my... Uh, professional identity, I guess, is is keeping up those those performance opportunities around the place.
0: So your research that you're presenting at The Joan, that's looking at music from certain perspectives as well in communities. So socioeconomic, cultural, all these various different perspectives. Why did you want to look at music's a value from these different I've said perspectives three times now, but from these different perspectives?
1: Yeah, well I think that when you look up the value of music straight away, and I actually I did this for, for the talk at the Jones, so I've just did this very recently, but when you when you look when you do a Google search of like the value of music in Australia, the first sites that come up are all about the economic value, how much money it brings in. Um, you know, it was 15 point something billion dollars, and for every dollar spent, it returns three dollars into the community. So everything is looked at that economic perspective which is really important. But if we look at it from the human perspective and from the um through the lens of of what it what it means for society but also us as human beings, we find that there's all of these different kind of values or wealth if you like which and fair enough, can't necessarily put a figure or a monetary value on these, but it's something that really needs to be uh, brought forward, I guess, into the the eyes and the ears of, of people who are in control, if you like, of of some of these some of these activities. So, if we're looking at you know social benefits, we're looking at the opportunity similar to sport, of getting people together to do something, to be part of the process of making something or presenting something that then brings joy or entertainment, if you like, to other people. And so the collective uh, sense of of joining other people from different backgrounds or even similar backgrounds and and making something that's for pure joy, is, is really important. If we look at it from a cultural perspective, we're looking at people from different backgrounds and cultures and different ideas um, coming together to share in, in this sort of, I guess, melting pot of, of different different ideas and also being able to create a sense of belonging, a sense of place, a, a way to allow people to come in to a situation that they may not normally um, be part of and feel at ease and equal among others. And then if we look at also moving into kind of, you know, environmental uh, issues as well, I mean, the arts are a way to tell stories, the arts are a way to advocate for certain things in a safe place, forward thinking, to think about our future, to think about, you know, be able to outplay scenarios or tell stories of the of the future um, in a place that's creative, that allows people to think outside the box. So it has all of these different, as you say, perspectives or elements to it um, which music can allow people to express or um, be part of that, that isn't just necessarily that pure economic value that may be placed. Having said that, the other way of looking at it from an economic point of view is also, and I'm not an economist, I have to put that out there, um, is also as looking at not just the, the money that it may return on investment, let's say, but what from a long-term stance it, it, um, the arts or music can bring in terms of through the research that I've been doing, People moved to Armadale because of the opportunities that there were to play in music. People look for cultural outlets. People look for the cultural vitality within a place, a city, a community that they can be part of that's separate to their normal everyday work. So in terms of um, community growth, economic growth, this is another, another outlet
0: that can easily be overlooked. So is there a difference in the way that different communities engage with music?
1: I have to say that my research is sort of at its infant stage in terms of I've only really been looking at um, our region, uh, but also from maybe like an Australian perspective in terms of what we do. Um, There are certainly various forms of music making out there from a number of different cultures um, and traditions. And I think that um, we see those cultures having, having worked. I'm part of a a, um, a research group, which is a number of academics from different universities called the Regional Music Research Group. And one of the researchers on that group uh, looks at migrant music. And so she's looking at the way that they um, come into communities or build their own communities through music. So, I think that there's definitely opportunities for uh, different ways of engaging, um, but also, as I say, bringing bringing cultures together. Uh, there was a project which unfortunately didn't come together because of COVID in 2020. But I was involved in a project that was looking at um, joining with the the local Azidi group and creating. Um, opportunities for them to to play and perform and present uh, music from from their culture, but also by combining with um, other other music, Western music and things like that. So I think that different communities do certainly engage in music in different ways. Um, It's also geographically based, so um, more remote communities may engage in musical practices, slightly differently to those closer to cities, just simply purely because of opportunities and um, and and things like that. So, still exploring all of that. Um, but it's a really good a really good question and something that is definitely worth diving into.
0: So, what do you hope to achieve with your research?
1: I think this all kind of started with looking at one particular group in Armada, which was the Armadale Symphony Orchestra, which is one of the longest running symphony orchestras outside um, a major city. So other than the AB, the old ABC orchestras, Sydney Symphony, Melbourne Symphony and that, um, the Armadale Symphony Orchestra sort of came together in 1943, but there's evidence of there being a municipality orchestra from the 1930s. So Armadale in itself has had this really strong um, musical and cultural uh history. And it still is. And I really wanted to dive into that to find out why that's the case and how has it been sustained and how can we sustain it into the future, in the hope that other communities would would be able to maybe, you know, learn something from that, it's particularly people who are trying to get things off the ground. Um, what what are the sort of processes and things that they may need in order to to start up something that involves people in the community? Uh, and then not not that I think I'm going to get this far, but I think it is something that can then be taken further up the chain in terms of government and policy and why these things are important and why people need to support the arts in particular because it means so much more to so many more people than than the the final, the triple bottom line, the final bottom line, I should say. So I think that that would be a dream goal. There are people that have... That have looked into this a lot more than than I have in other areas of Australia, um, but it's this particular region that I'm um, that I'm interested in and seeing what makes it so particular and how can we we grow with that.
0: So, do you think that music is accessible to everyone, playing, listening, learning about?
1: In some ways, it is. Um, music is around us everywhere whether it's formalized through tv radio internet um or live performance or sort of informal in terms of um being able to to listen to let's say non man made sounds bird song that kind of thing if you listen to your environment that's even form of sound which can many composers have written pieces of music based on natural sounds and things. So in a way, yes. On the other hand, there are many isolated communities that don't have access to things like the internet, for example, and so they're kind of cut off from being able to access music. Um, music education in particular is something that isn't accessible to everyone, um, which is which is a shame. Um, this is one of the good things about, if I do a little plug for UNE music being fully online is that we are able to reach people who, who aren't able to relocate to, to an area where they may want tertiary music education. Um, there are some fantastic programs for, for school um, schools and things like that. But, yeah, there's still a quite a divide when we start, you know, for example, in New South Wales, going further out west. Um so, yeah, so I think that in, in some ways general music is accessible. In other ways, it can be a challenge for some people to, to access, um, you know, good quality music, I guess, or, or be part of,
0: of something that's enjoyable. There's no harm in people making up their own, though. Exactly. So what are some ways that we can improve access to music education? I think access to infrastructure, such as internet, is a big thing.
1: Um, but I think, I think it's also it's a matter. Of, it's in some ways, it's also people being able to to take the time and, and think outside the box in terms of um, what what they can what they can do. I think um, it's really tricky, actually, having not. I have to say, not lived out in a place where things are a little bit less accessible. I think that the in terms of inclusivity and accessibility um, in in less isolated areas, I think that there are a lot more opportunities and there are a lot more programs that are opening up for people to be able to be part of that. And I think that some of the more um, general kind of programs, for example, um, you know, pub choirs or um, you know, drumming circles—things like that—are things that that anyone can be involved in. You don't have to be musical. You know, you just get up and and sing a, a Johnny Farnham song or something with people in the pub. And this is these are ways that people can engage with music. So going into the final section as well, but um, but in a non-threatening way, I think there's. I've got a. A really great example, um, I've just recently come back from Amsterdam where I was um, judging a recorder competition and I was having dinner at this restaurant and as I walked out of the restaurant, there were about 30 people with headphones on dancing and um, and we sort of went over and we were kind of like, what's going on? And this person gestured to say, you know, do you want to listen? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And it was a free random silent disco outside a tram stop in the middle of well it wasn't even really in the middle of the city on the fringe of the city and um and everyone just had a great time they were just listening and dancing and you know didn't even have to uh, connect or like communicate with anyone. You're just sort of in your own little world. And it's, it's those kind of things, thinking outside the box, where people can be involved in music, listen to music, enjoy music without it costing money, without it being in a, you know, a stuffy concert hall where people are afraid to sit in silence or they're not quite sure of the protocol um, or if they don't want to go to a live music venue, you know, there are ways that we can make it more accessible without Having these formal con- constructs, um, which I know there are a lot of people looking at alternatives so that more people can enjoy or take part in musical activities.
0: So what are some other ways that people can engage with music in their community? You've mentioned the silent disco, the pub choir, drumming circles. You know how How do you go about starting this up? That's a good question. You've got to find really, really dedicated people.
1: I think one of the secrets to success in the research that I did about, I interviewed a whole heap of people from um, Armidale, New England region, and it it really takes a group of, of dedicated people who understand the benefits and this sort of even altruistic idea of, of putting their time and effort into something that, that makes other people feel could, and there'd be no other kind of reasons for that And I think it's really it's really this outside the box thinking trying to think beyond what we're used to looking for um, you know abandoned spaces that that can be used for performances there's I mean a local theater company in Armadale used an old um, car garage. as a a small theatre, you know, those kind of things. But they all do come with needing some support from local councils and other organisations, government organisations or um, other venues to be able to make that possible. Because, you know, these kind of activities do need spaces, they don't need expensive spaces, but they do need places that people can gather together. And I think that some of the red tape involved in in making that and an possible um is is like a huge hindrance in in
0: making this kind of movement grow. So I guess my final question is how can music bring people together?
1: Well I think in so many different ways. I think people are scared. People people always worry about, oh you know, I don't want to do this because I don't have a musical bone in my body or I'm tone deaf or um, you know, I can't hold a note, and I. I it's not. It's not about that. <laughs> you know, it's really an opportunity to to be amongst different people. One of the participants in my research, they say that that when they when they play with their their group, they're an amateur musician. They've got a professional job, um, and they they come weekly to rehearsals with this ensemble, and they were saying that they love the fact that ego goes out the window and no matter your hierarchy within your your professional job, you know, whether you're a manager or whether you're a cleaner or whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter, you're coming together on the same level and that is just purely to get together to make music. So I think that um, some of these other you know, community events in turn, like as I mentioned, pub choir, drumming circles, things like that. You know, they don't require any skill. It's just a matter of getting in and and having a go. And I think that's the that's the real take home message. I think that if people want to have that sort of sense of belonging, meet new people, social cohesion, that kind of thing, is just to to get involved. It can be scary, but definitely pay off pay off in the
0: end. I'm sure. Will your talk at the Joan be streamed? Can people access that afterwards if they're interested?
1: No, it's just a live event.
0: So where could people find more about your research if they're interested?
1: Uh, Yeah, so um, I do have some publications. So on my staff webpage, there are links to publications there. Um, And hopefully in the sort of in the pipeline, there's maybe maybe, um, an opportunity where I might present some of this um, locally in Armada, which we will record. So Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So there should be an opportunity then to, um, yeah, to have it a, a little bit more public.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us today and best of luck with the talk tomorrow.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much.